What a Saturday in Columbus. One of the great days in Michigan football history. Jim Brandstatter has been a part of that history. Former Michigan player, former voice of Michigan football. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line. I predicted a close Michigan win, but I never saw that butt kicking coming. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, that was a no-doubter, Bill. Wow. There wasn't there was any doubt about it. That was a physical beatdown, and it happened in the horseshoe. And don't discount that because that's a very difficult place to play. Additionally, I want you to know this game, Michigan was down at half, 20 to 17. So it's not like this thing, you know, that they didn't have to fight from below. And they not only fought, but they buried Ohio State in that second half. That, in my opinion, is a huge victory. And uh, it speaks volumes about that, that football team, their belief in each other, and their belief that they're as good a football team as there is in the country. I think they've lost four times at home since 2012. And think about that 28-3 shellacking in the second half by Michigan on Saturday. And that same theme has been there. I thought the O-line, especially on Edwards, his two runs and the way he was patient uh, to hit the hole. And also the defensive back seven, not so much the defensive line, but the back seven, Brandy, was outstanding against one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in college football. There's no question. I mean, Marvin Harrison, best receiver in football, according to a lot of people. Uh, one catch. I mean, the one big hurt, the one that really hurt him, the touchdown pass. And that was perfect. I mean, Stroud threw an absolute strike to a well-covered uh, receiver. And, and that, that sometimes the other guy wins. And, and that was the way it was. But, and the other thing I want to point out, think about halftime and adjusting. The coaching staff for Michigan that Jim Arbaugh put together, in the last six games, the second halves of their games has been unbelievable in what they've been able to do in that 15-minute period of time so that they can adjust to the other guy and what the other guy's doing and basically take them off their game and run away with the game. That's what the Michigan offense and defense has done. I can't give their staff enough credit. For, for how they adapted and adjusted at halftime and how the young men that they coach adapt and adjust and translate it onto the football field in actual X's and O's and get it done. Really Jimmy, an amazing season. Jimmy and I also mentioned to start the show today that the off-season and in-season conditioning, stamina, whatever they do, it's apparent, not only with the coaching adjustments at halftime during the second half, that Michigan physically has looked superior against every team they've played all year long by the time you get to that fourth quarter. You betcha. Exactly right. And it's been at the line of scrimmage. Where do you tell this? Where do you tell? It's in the line of scrimmage, right? And, and that's where Michigan kept pushing them back, kept pushing them back. The offensive line kept pushing them back and getting those big holes. And uh, I think a very poor defensive game plan by Ohio State they're playing goal line defense out there in the middle of the field. If you break the line of scrimmage with a guy that's got the quickness of Donovan Edwards, he's gone. And on two occasions that happened, and it ruined Ohio State's opportunity to come back. And defensively, think about this. The best play of the game, maybe. Sorry if I'm excited here, Bill, but you got me going. <laughs> Mikey Sane was still. Here's a kid that played receiver last year. He made a great catch as a receiver. A year ago, in the Ohio State game in Ann Arbor, diving grab. And yet, in this game, he maybe makes the defensive play of the game with that breakup of the touchdown, supposed touchdown pass to the tight end. 
that was one of the great defensive plays in this football game, and it typified the kind of game and the kind of team that Michigan has this year. They just get the job done. Stat of the day for any Buckeye fan listening, Ryan Day has as many losses to Michigan as Jim Tressel, Luke Fickle, and Urban Meyer combined. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And you know what? He he looked uh, – I don't know if you saw that after the game. Oh, oh yeah. Like, he looked like a ghost. Like he, exactly. he just seen a ghost. If you wanted to say beaten man uh, and put it in the dictionary, you take his picture, that's where it goes. Same with C.J. Stroud, who was emotional. Uh, it's been a long time since Michigan has lined up against Ohio State. Now back-to-back years. And hands down, regardless of what the scoreboard read, the visual showed that they were the more physical and dominating team. Back-to-back yep. years. The other, the other thing I think, too, shows that Jim, has, Jim Harbaugh has played some of these great teams that win national championships. The other thing it showed, it showed speed and size. There was a third down play for They tried to get wide. We had a linebacker and a cornerback out there beating the running back to the edge. That's what Georgia did to us a year ago. He has put guys in position. And, and your point about what they do in the offseason and their training is about speed and it's about size and the ability to get the job done and play sideline to sideline on defense. That Michigan couldn't get wide on Georgia. Ohio State couldn't get wide on Michigan. Kind of a you know, you learn what you where you have to be when you play those kinds of teams, and I think it really showed itself in this game against Ohio State. Michigan learned from some of the lessons it learned at the hands of these SEC teams with all this speed and size, and Michigan's kind of put it to work. Yeah, I forget who uh, the defensive end uh, dropped off and got that pick that really sealed the game. There, Tyler the, Upshaw. Oh, there, yeah, the way he dropped off in the coverage and Stroud had no clue he had dropped back. Uh, that was oh, such man. a great defensive play call. It really was. And, and, and the thing is, that guy's about 265-pounder. So they've got athletes. They put him in position. And don't forget the other one, uh, McGregor. He knocked down a third-down pass going to, the, uh, going to the perimeter from Stroud uh, on a big third-down play earlier in the game. And he's a defensive end. So uh, Minter, uh, you know, Minter did a great job. Minter, Moore, and Weiss, all three of them as coordinators – and there you and there's another one, brand new coordinators for this team this year, and and Jim Harbaugh hired them and Jim Harbaugh put them in position. Now they're going to the Big Ten championship game for the second year in a row uh, on a defense that lost three, three top picks to the National Football League. It's pretty an amazing. It's an amazing story. I wonder though the story of the emotional high on what they did to Penn or what they did to Ohio State. Same thing they did the. Penn State, they're two quality wins. You get the short turnaround, there's Purdue. Uh, you're looking at back-to-back Big Ten titles. I, yeah. I don't think it's a you know ball state on the schedule and you're going to take the week off. I get the possible letdown, but there is a Big Ten title and a possible number one seed in the college yeah. football playoff on the line for Michigan Saturday night against the Boilermakers. Right, I heard your... Uh... I heard your monologue earlier. You're talking about they should be number one. They can make a case for number one. I agree with you. But I also think, uh, and you and I have been in this business long enough to know how it works. I think Georgia, if they win, they're not going to lose number one. Uh, the only way that Michigan is number one, I think, is if Georgia win, loses. And, and that may be wrong. It, it, and you and I both say the case can be made for Michigan. But I just, I've been there too many times. 
to think that that's going to happen. So I think Michigan probably wins, beats Purdue, and uh, and they're going to wind up number two. But and, and your point about uh, Purdue, and the reason I think it's, it's not going to be a problem, I was worried about that. Then I saw this thing on social media in the post game interview. JJ uh, McCarthy had a Big Ten or a Big East, you know, the East Championship hat on, and he threw it down. He was sitting between uh, he was sitting between Donovan Edwards and uh, I forget who the other guy was, but they were sitting there. And JJ threw the hat down on the table. He says, "Look, this means nothing." And he threw the hat down. He says, "We've still got work to do." And 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 Donovan looked at him, put his arm around, him, and says. Oh my! It's a Kobe uh, Kobe Bryant moment from my boy. Well, that attitude right there, that little gesture that JJ did, gave me great heart. That this team looks at this Ohio State game as we expected this. Now we've got one more, and after that we got another. I don't think they're going to take any game lightly. I think this team's on a mission. I do, and I think this team is talented enough. And what they did at Ohio State, they can beat anybody anywhere, and it should be interesting. Saturday night, and also once we get to the college football playoff. And I'm curious, because about this Michigan 1 versus 2 and better quality wins, especially at Ohio State, Georgia does not have a quality road win. I'm talking about a big boy uh, win and what they did to Penn State. Tomorrow's rankings will tell us uh, really where things are going. If Alabama is 5 in front of Ohio State, then Ohio State's in trouble of grabbing a spot unless both TCU and USC uh, would lose in their conference championship game. So th- this is the first college football playoff ranking, which will be tomorrow night, that has my curiosity, that I'm interested in watching. I, I, I think you're right. And I think the, the big numbers for me are going to be three and four after this weekend. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's TCU and USC, who's three, who's four? Because that ultimately turns into the semifinal matchups. If Georgia's won, who do they, you know, if, did they get TCU or do they get SC. And if Michigan's two, do they get TCU or do they get SC? That to me, after this weekend, who's three, who's four? Uh, if, if all, if everybody wins, that to me is going to be, that, that to me is going to be the big, big difference. I'll tell you what the dream scenario is for the playoff committee. TCU loses to K-State, USC loses to Utah, and your three is Ohio State and your four is Alabama, but they probably would make Alabama three Ohio State for, and you would have a Big Ten SEC showdown <laughs> in the college football playoff with Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan. That'd be pretty interesting. It's it? not I, that far fetched. It's not that far fetched because of no, LSU no, losing and Tennessee and Clemson I, losing. It's not crazy. No, I agree with you, but I also see really difficult putting a two loss Alabama team in front of a one loss Ohio State team. That that that. That just does not compute from the computer and the, uh, the the committee's mind, in my judgment. I know they look at all the games and da-da-da-da-da, but I just don't see the one-loss Ohio State getting ahead of uh, a two-loss uh, Alabama. So then you got Georgia-Alabama in one semifinal, and you have Michigan-Ohio State in the rematch in the other college football playoff semifinal. If it goes that, if it goes that way, and seeing as how Fox had their – what biggest college football audience ever in eleven years? Yeah, or, ever or since ever? they've done since they well they've only done college football like for the last eleven twelve years. Ever since they've right, done college right. football, biggest audience ever for Michigan well, Ohio State. You, can you imagine the promos that would be starting? Oh. I mean, that night they would have promos starting and they'd be going all over the place. Man, mm. they're advertising. They're they're salesmen. 
would be on the street so fast, Bill, you, you could make your head swim. Well, you would have Georgia, Alabama at the Peach Bowl uh, in Atlanta, and you would have Michigan, Ohio State out in Glendale, Arizona in the other semifinal with the winners meeting at SoFi in Los Angeles with Matt Stafford doing the honorary coin flip. <laughs> you, you should write a book. <laughs> you and By the way, you have wrote a book. And oh it, man! Boom. I didn't mean to do that. Look at you, did, Yes, you did. Yeah, everything. No, I did. Everything with I you has a plan. No, no, I was. That was a great scenario. I said, "This is like one of you know." What's your headline? And Matt Stafford tosses the coin. That's like you know. That's a beautiful little headline. On a, a, I know the subtitle to the the subtitle to the book. All right. So speaking of books, before I let you go, the audio and the written version. Uh, give everybody the title. And where they can find uh, your book on the history of Michigan football. That's Voices of Michigan Stadium. Uh, the You can go to jimbrandstatter.com, and there's a link to Amazon for the audiobook and the paperback. Uh, the audiobook, in my opinion, is the better version. I, I advise everyone to get to it because you can hear the voices of these people uh, as they talk about their great stories. But uh, that's the book, and I can't thank you enough, Bill, for all the help you've given me on it. Uh, Voices of Michigan Stadium. It's on Amazon.com or go to JimBrandStatter.com and you can click on the link there and it'll take you right to the page to buy either the audio or the paperback. Buy them both and follow along on the audio book. Buy them both. Uh, with the paperback. Oh my sure. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up to an off, an off ramp at a highway and Jimmy's out there selling both books. Hey, I, I'll be outside SoFi Stadium if we make it that far Whoa. with a... With a with a with a with a with a boot hey, out there. What do you think? Hey, buddy, you, the timing of your audio and paperback version with Michigan continuing their season and beating Ohio State—a historic win. Uh, well done. Uh, good for you, Jimmy. Man, enjoy the Purdue Michigan Big Ten Championship game, and uh, when they get to the college football playoff, based on their seating, we'll talk again. Okay. Hey, great. And if, if we if, hey, if we don't talk, Bill, you and Brett and everybody have a great holiday. Uh, great Christmas! And oh, they're really in the playoff. They're not. They're going to the playoff. It's just a matter of what their seat is. You you get a lot of calls. You got a busy busy show, and you're very no. Very you're always at the top and, of the list. You're a list guy. If you don't if, if you don't get back to me, I I, I still like you. Well, and, and 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 especially after you offering up twenty five percent of all the money you make on the audio and paperback, you, you're you our best friend. Play play that part on the tape. Would you when you get a chance? I will. I, I, I I'll send it to you. I'll text it. Okay, <laughs> all right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to get that one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's coming. It's it's yeah. in the mail. All right, <laughs> heard that before. All right, take care, Bill. Yeah, we love you, Jimmy. Uh, right. Man, he's so happy.